Welcome to the Recommended Experience Podcast, also known as RXP. I'm one of your hosts, Tiffany, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Hello. Matt. Hey. And Yasser. Yo. We are three pharmacists and an engineer who talk about their love for gaming, movies, and TV shows. And for this first episode, we're going to cover who we are and how we got into gaming. Uh, so I guess I'm going to start. Um, my name's Tiffany, obviously. I am <laughs> one of the pharmacists. And <laughs> welcome to our show. This is how it's going to be, y'all. Um, so um, I'm Korean-American. I am currently located on the East Coast, and I work at a hospital. I really like uh, video games, obviously. I really like oh, the MCU. Do tell. Looking forward to Black Widow and the Eternals coming out soon. And currently, I am obsessed with Fall Guys. Uh, next, I'll pass it over to Alex, who happens to be my little brother. Hi, as Tiffany introduced, I, my name's Alex. I live in California. I'm the engineer of the group, uh, so you know I'm, I'm not as keen as to any uh, inside jokes that the other three might be colluding to use in the podcast, but you know, that's how it goes, right? We're all, we're all learning. Um, I'm also <laughs> big into video games. Uh, mostly I'm playing these days are uh, Apex Legends. As uh, you know, a lot of people are into. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. And uh, single player wise, you know, I pretty much run the gamut from anything you know that Nintendo puts out or Sony puts out. And uh, yeah, that's me. And I, now we'll pass it over to Matt. So uh, my name is Matt, as Tiffany uh, mentioned. Um, I'm also a pharmacist, uh, one of three. Um, I'm also on the East Coast. I actually am co-workers with Tiffany uh, at the same hospital. Um, and actually, um, Yasser and I uh, went to pharmacy school together. So a lot of different ties. Um, but currently, um, currently replaying Kingdom Hearts, uh, the first one, trying to 100% it on Xbox since it finally got released after years and years and years being on PlayStation. Um, but love, love Xbox, uh, love Nintendo. Love just about everything. Um, want to get the time for it, but and Yasser. All right, so my name is Yasser, and I am much more of a multiplayer focused guy. Um, I am recently been playing Rocket League, uh, Dead by Daylight, uh, Warzone. You can pretty much find me on any online multiplayer game. Uh, and then as far as single player games, uh, I'm mainly an Xbox gamer, so you won't see me on too many of those. Uh, what was the one that I recently started? Oh yeah, Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, need to finish that in two weeks. So, how's that going, by the way? Uh, chapter one down out of six. <laughs> so honestly, if you think about it that way, and it's going great, but uh, I think that was probably the shortest chapter of the of the game. Sad. I mean, that's that sounds like a great start. It's a great start. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'll throw it back to you, Tiffany. Okay. <laughs> Um, so first topic here, how we got into gaming. I will start off the conversation. So way back when, got a hand-me-down Super NES uh, when I was in elementary school. Had a blast with, those, with that console. Lots of hand-me-down games such as NBA Jam. Um, loved that game. So and yes. And then, you know, explored some... 
Yes, <laughs> I love it. Um, funny story though, I don't really, I never really understood basketball until I went to undergrad in terms of rules because I oh. didn't really watch it. Yeah, but loved me some NBA Jam. Um, He's like, there's more than two people on a team. What? <laughs> <laughs> they can't jump fifty feet in the air. What? The ball doesn't catch on fire. <laughs> he just scored three times. Why is the ball not on fire? Um, yeah, so uh, explored some other games like Donkey Kong Country 3, and we had mm. Mario, the Mario games. Um, really liked a lot of that. Uh, however, I think after the Super NES, which obviously in this conversation, Alex can fill in a lot of the gaps here since um, we grew up together. <laughs> um, I really think I maybe late elementary school really got big into Game Boy Color. That was now we're talking. Yeah. Game Boy <laughs> Color was where it's at. Let me tell you that I negotiated with my parents. Hey, if you buy me a Game Boy Color, I will go to grandma's for the entire summer. No complaints. Because <laughs> growing up, we spent a lot of summers at our grandmother's house and you know, they didn't really have cable. Like there just wasn't much to do. I mean, you know, no computer, whatever. So they were just like, okay. So they got me a Game Boy Color and I got Pokemon Blue, Pokemon Pinball, which my parents ended up taking from me because so that they could play um, a lot of a lot of Game like Boy it. Color games. Yeah, it was like, it was, it was rad. Uh, then got, ended up getting a Game Boy Advance as a hand-me-down from a friend because she got, when she got a Nintendo DS, she was just like, do you want my Game Boy Advance? And I was like, okay. So got that, played some games there. <laughs> when the DS, when the Nintendo DSi came out, uh, I was really, I was pretty into that. I was like, ooh, it's light blue and it has a camera. Cool. Um, skip the, the SP. However, I think when I got into high school, uh, PlayStation 2 was out. And the day I saw a Kingdom Hearts 1 trailer on the Disney Channel was the day I knew I absolutely needed a PlayStation 2. Mm -hmm. So that Such winter, yes, I basically for Christmas, I negotiated for my brother and I. I said, if you get us this PlayStation 2 and Kingdom Hearts 1, that can be my present and Alex's present. He had no idea. I did not know. <laughs> that <was this>. That's <laughs> even you <laughs> right now. I did not know you gave <laughs> my potential know. present as hostage. <laughs> Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany, from your whole history so far, it sounds like you're doing a lot of like bartering with your parents. Like yeah, these are some backdoor shady deals. Listen, other parents other parents are like we don't negotiate with terrorists but my parents my parents but we do like, with toddlers yeah. <laughs> um so actually i remember going to circuit city and picking up that playstation 2 with kingdom hearts 1 and some mad cats extension cables and controller <laughs> which later ruined my console but whatever um, anyway, after the PlayStation 2, pretty much throughout high school, when I went to undergrad, I didn't bring a gaming console with me. Um, like I mentioned before, I'm Korean American. My parents were very, you need to study, like no gaming consoles at school. Um, I was lucky if I was able to game at home anyway with the few games I would get. Um, and then, I, so I personally kind of skipped the PS3. However, when I got into pharmacy school, pretty much my last year of pharmacy school, 
the I, I grabbed a Nintendo 3DS. Uh, my brother and I were actually like at a Target together during a November. It was November 2013. And Target was doing this deal. Buy two 3DS games, get one free. And Pokemon X and Y had come out. And we literally looked at that deal. And Alex goes, you want to get that? And the Kingdom Hearts 3DS game and two 3DSs? Like, right now? And I was like, let's do this. <laughs> As you can see, her her life revolves around deals. That's right. <laughs> so we literally dropped so much money, which... I was like kind of flabbergasted. I mean, like, I mean, I guess 3DS at the time was like what 120 bucks. I don't know. It just felt like so much money that I ended up like Alex had to like pay me back later. Like, um, so we got that, and then it was you know loved 3DS a lot of games. Probably going to that more later. And then it wasn't until like after I graduated pharmacy school, I did a pharmacy residency and I didn't get a PS4 until 2017. But that's when I kind of got back into it because in between, you know, pharmacy at the end of pharmacy school and into pharmacy residency, I was really only playing the 3DS every once in a while, depending on what games were coming out. But since getting the PlayStation 4, I have been way back into the gaming like side of life and i love it it's been great you're a gamer now again yeah, basically, yes basically <laughs> welcome I'm a back gamer now. yeah thank you um yeah so that's my like brief history even though that probably was like 10 minutes but so i'm gonna kind of swing it over to alex because he can oh you know what i totally forgot about the Wii and like some other stuff but you know what alex can tell that story so i'm gonna kick it over to alex yeah so you know she kind of glossed over it, but the so the super nes that we had growing up when i was a child you know my sister being older than me she you know i had already you know been aware of games but the super nintendo that we got as a hand-me-down from her cousins was our first like personal game console that we had and for me the game that i remember the most from it was uh mighty morphin power rangers oh, yeah <laughs> which was yes. uh it was a side-scrolling beat-em-up and the the final boss stages were actually like getting into the Megazord and um, fighting, you know, one of Rita's goons uh, like Lord Zed and Rita weren't in it actually. So that was kind of disappointing. But just like being able to be in the Megazord and like fight these kind of like larger than life characters was was really exciting to me. And that, that was kind of my, I guess, f- real exposure to be like, oh, games are more than just like, you know, TV or shows. Uh, just kind of like watching things on the screen. It's like being the one to actually control the characters was was what kind of elevated that to making games seem more meaningful to me. And so, you know, when my sister apparently, you know, gambled away my Christmas present to get the, the PS2 <laughs> uh, while she got Kingdom Hearts 1, I ended up getting Grand Turismo 3 uh, as my game, right? Because it was that thing of, you know, she was able to get the console in the game, but also I was supposed to get a game. So I got Grand Turismo 3, and that was kind of the beginning of me really getting into racing games. So I've, I've, I'm really into it. You know, got Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2 on PS2. Probably, arguably the best Need for Speed ever released. You know? Whoa. What about no. Underground? No, Need Hot Pursuit yeah. 2. The, oh, the best God. Need for Speed. 
Easily. Well, I'll have to play it and get back to you. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> yeah, send me a copy. <laughs> I'll I, mean, we, I still have my PS2 copy, so if you have a PS2 or backwards compatible PS3 line around, you know. Have you played you know, Underground 2? I've not played it. Oh, but no, no. Have you, you haven't played Hot Pursuit 2, so, you know, it's, it's a moot conversation at this point. Alex, I've never heard you so impassioned by something. <laughs> Almost rage. <laughs> but Underground 2 is honestly classic. Yeah. The soundtrack okay. alone Whoa. is so good. I mean, the soundtrack for Hot Pursuit 2 is so good. Okay, okay. We'll That's come a, back to that. That's this. a conversation for another time. You know, best new for Speed game. Whole episode right there. <laughs> Coming soon followers. to your uh, subscriber feed near you. Um, Let us know what you guys think. <laughs> oh, that's true. But um, but yeah. So Need for Speed Two was very, really big. Carried on into uh, Motorstorm, that the racing series that came out uh, with the PS3. Uh, sadly, that studio was dissolved, and so I don't think we're ever getting another Motorstorm game again. But that was another racing series that I really loved. Um, I've played the last couple need for speed so i haven't played need for speed heat but i have played the reboot need for speed and payback which were okay but it, it really kind of made me you know believe that the the you know the ps2 era of need for speed was kind of its heyday but yeah so that, i can that agree was, with that yeah <laughs> so that was kind of my like big avenue into racing and i still love racing today like i'm excited you know despite what people might say about the ps5 reveal event i'm really excited for gran turismo 7 i know racing typically doesn't get most people excited especially kind of more like sim car racing like forza motorsport or gran turismo but i you know i, I enjoy all types of it um and then yeah we ended up getting a Going into the generation after PS2, we got a Wii, and obviously... Wait, I forgot about the GameCube. Oh, oh, yeah, that's true. We also had a GameCube. Uh, we were very Nintendo growing up. Well, Nintendo, Sony. I mean, that still yeah. stays true today, because um, we've never obviously an Xbox. Obviously, the GameCube really left a lasting impression on both of you. So, <laughs> our, my first exposure to the GameCube was when... We were at a family friend's house, and the kids there had like that family had a GameCube, and they were playing Smash Brothers Melee. And so, oh, I, I mean, yeah. if anything to be exposed to GameCube too, like Smash Brothers Melee would be the would be the game, game. or Sunshine, um, but yeah, or Sunshine, sure. but as like a party setting, right? It's just like they yeah, had four yeah. controllers, like we're all just kids playing, and just seeing that game. And when when we got our GameCube and we got that for ourselves, it was just like, oh wow, like this is a such a fun game and yeah i mean we played i mean i'm so we had wind waker and i'll be honest you know th this this might turn off people so just i can bleep this out if it's too explicit <laughs> i am not a fan of zelda i'm Oof. just gonna i'm just laying that bare now i'm not the biggest fan of zelda and i don't know if it's because the wind waker was well technically the wind waker was my second exposure to zelda um, the we, first, we don't have to talk about the first but, one, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> what but, was the first uh, one? The first one was, um, I think, Link's Awakening on yeah. GameCube. Or oh, not GameCube, nice. Game Boy. Oh, Game Boy. Game Boy, yeah. And actually, the, the funny story with that is, and I think people talked about it when the remake came out last year, uh, I didn't know how to get to the second dungeon. <laughs> I, I legit played the beginning <laughs> of that game. Probably, I restarted the beginning of that game maybe... 
10 times or so. And I just <laughs> never knew how to get to the second dungeon. And okay. so most of my fun resorted to just like stealing items from the shopkeeper and then him getting mad at me. Okay, for the re- for the record, I did mention that Alex is my younger brother, and so not gonna lie, when Alex was telling me about so wait, when the remake came out, we had a small discussion about it. He was saying how he couldn't get to the second dungeon, and I was like, "Wait, could you even read when that game we had that game?" I don't remember I mean, if I could read. I just child. I just knew I couldn't get to the second dungeon. So, I, yeah. and I don't know if that's what was the lasting impact on me to not like Zelda because I just <laughs> couldn't beat that game. But. That's just, you know, well, we'll keep that in the back of my mind. Listeners, please don't hate me. Like, it's just my opinion. You know, I, I, I acknowledge Zelda is a great franchise. It's just not for me. All right. That's fair. I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, and so play a lot in GameCube and obviously stemming in from the GameCube, we got a Wii, you know, we were really big into Wii sports, even our parents, you know, the classic, our parents were willing to play a bit of Wii sports. Um, and obviously we picked up the next iteration of Smash Brothers Brawl and my favorite game on the Wii being, uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Just mm-hmm. what an amazing game. Regretfully, we never picked up the sequel, so I've never, I've yet to still play Super Mario Galaxy 2. Hopeful though, pending the rumors, right, that they're maybe bringing it back later this year with some sort of collection, you know, I'm definitely willing to pick it up then. Um, but you know, the, the Wii was good definitely for, you know, Nintendo first party and obviously smash and going into the PS3 gen, a lot of, you know, just continuing more racing games, uh, more kind of Japanese RPG games. So things like, you know, Final Fantasy 13 trilogy, um, a lot of tales of series games. So, you know, tales of Zillia, tales of Zillia two, um, and then, you know, culminating in right. The current gen me picking up a PS4, and then eventually I have a PS4 Pro now and just playing, you know, the, the good old classics, right? Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, um, Spider-Man, Death Stranding, just like the, the what kind of Sony coming into that age that I believe that Nintendo has been at for a while now, right? Just having those really good first party games that when you see the Sony Interactive Entertainment presents, like that has that same effect on you as seeing the Nintendo logo appear on the screen. So. And looking forward to to next gen, whatever Nintendo wants to come out with, who knows, like in two years, one year, and especially the PS5. So, yeah. Oh, and I guess the last cornerstone is going my marking the transition from also going from high school to college. Uh, I also wasn't allowed to bring a console to school. And so I really uh, relied on League of Legends as my kind of gaming during my college years. And I still play that game to this day. I've been playing it for nine years now. Um, so I guess you can call me a veteran, logged thousands of matches. And it's just that thing of, I know there's probably a lot of memes about the community and how you know bad it might seem or how hard or complicated the game might be. But it's that thing of, I think, it's it's still a fun game to me somehow after these nine years of playing it. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I guess, you know, as we go further into this podcast, a lot of stories between me and Alex might of over outlap or supplement each other um but we might have to correct each other yeah we might have to correct each other i also after alex got into league of legends i got into league of legends and i think i forgot to mention that i have a switch i have a nintendo switch (laughs) okay so now that you've heard from us let's kick it over to matt who will talk about his gaming background 
Yeah, I feel like we're all kind of around the same age. So I feel like there's some overlap in some of the councils we we got. So I I grew up in a house where we always had an SNES. So my I have two older sisters, actually. Um, both of them are not on the podcast, but... Um, <laughs> one day. <laughs> one day, yeah, the extension. <laughs> the extension that the people want. <laughs> um, but we uh, we played a ton of SNES, like... Even when we got an N64, we still played a ton of SNES. And actually, did you guys, you guys mentioned Donkey Kong Country 3. Did you guys ever play co-op? You two? Alex and Tiffany? I, lit- I was today years old to find out that there was co-op in that game. Whoa. All right. <laughs> well, did we play, did now we play you know. Co-op? I don't think I don't we did. Think so, no. Oh, my gosh. Like, me and my older sister, we played so much of that game. And so a lot of people, like, like put a bunch of crap on Donkey Kong Country 3. But uh, I just have so many good memories. Um, but there's so many good games at SNES. Like I played a ton of like Street Fighter 2 and like Super Mario World and uh, all the Donkey Kong countries. Like I'm a huge platformer fan. Um, but going from there, we we got in 64, maybe a couple years into its life cycle. Of course, played all the classics like GoldenEye and Super Mario 64. And my one of like... I would say the N64 is kind of like my peak console um, because I loved 3D platformers. When they were out, I just felt like we were in the heyday, like Banjo-Kazooie and Get Super Mario 64. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> um, but I, I just loved all those games. Um, uh, Super Smash Brothers was big in my house. Um, but going from there got a gamecube and i guess gamecube released like early 2000s and i think we got it right after it released um me and my sisters we're all about it um like you guys kind of said like super mario sunshine like i would love for that to come back i am a big uh zelda fan so part of my biggest like biggest moments of n64 was ocarina of time and majora's mask um and i feel like i've bought majora's mask i bought it on the virtual console for wii i bought it for 3ds like i've, I've bought it on so many consoles it's like the the original skyrim like the og skyrim <laughs> <laughs> um but i got a got a playstation 2 um and that's where i kind of like went off into playstation and sony lands i played a lot of like Bly cooper was like my jam um jack and daxter was just yes. fantastic um i just loved all the worlds that playstation uh kind of brought um but that was actually my last playstation console i've had um because then i went back to nintendo for the wii like everyone else i actually stood in line uh for the wii like went to a walmart and went with some friends and we had our ds our ds's we had mario kart which was like local play and we had like eight or 16 or how many ever they allowed like eight or 16 people in line just playing mario kart while we waited for the wii um we were like in a garden center of walmart and um but it was so much fun so much fun um but actually my parents were the type of parents that were like hey if you go you have no money so like we'll pay for it but then you have to wait for christmas so I got there. I stood in line. Oh no! For, for like twelve hours, thirteen hours, and then I went home and handed it to my mom. And then I got it like a month later for Christmas. Um, so it was a lot of hype uh, for nothing, 
Um, but then the Wii was amazing. Like um, Twilight Princess was fantastic, of course, and so many good games on Wii. Um, and then from there, I went more on Microsoft side. So got a 360 and right probably I was pretty late to the game for Xbox One. It's probably a little bit before pharmacy school got Xbox One and then played that throughout um, throughout pharmacy school. Um, went through residency, got a switch at launch um, in 2017 and played a lot of switch played a lot of xbox one um didn't let residency uh bring me down <laughs> kept at it <laughs> um and here i am i still have the switch still have xbox one i'm looking to get back into sony's uh environment this coming console um but super looking forward to what's what's coming up what uh, did you play during me. your xbox 360 days oh man let me tell you um was big into Halo Viva Gears. Pinata. Viva Pinata. Viva <laughs> Pinata. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, oh, I got Rare Replay for Xbox One. I love Rare so much. Um, I played a lot of Fable. Yeah. Um, I played Fable quite a bit. So, um, played some Oblivion, I guess, 360 days. Um, and then, of course, Skyrim. Big into like fantasy now, even still. I would say, like, probably like, one of my favorite games of this current generation is probably The Witcher 3. Like, it's not, it's a third party to everybody, but, and I recently just played that, like maybe two years ago, I finished it and it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I kind of grew up, like, I didn't have an OG Xbox, but even in middle school, like, we would have uh, LAN parties and just like hooking up multiple Xboxes, hooking up multiple TVs, making like, um, screen protectors out of poster board so that people couldn't screen cheat <laughs> and we would play all night and like so that like got me so excited to play xbox 360 um and so we did a lot of that um growing up just hanging out and playing some fun games so That's awesome. so let, let me be the first to say that i never had a super nintendo wow yeah <laughs> against the grain against the grain i've always been i've always been uh, so I'll keep mine fairly brief. I'm not going to go through every single uh, generation and go through every single game, but uh, I'm pretty sure Game Boy Color and Pokemon Yellow were my initial gateway drugs. Um, for me, uh, <laughs> for me though, gaming has always been gotta more like... Gotta catch them all. You gotta catch them all, no, absolutely. Um, but gaming has always been more like a social interaction for me. I was never the most outgoing kid in school growing up, but gaming always helped me form bonds with others, whether it be in elementary school when I started gaming, all the way up to pharmacy school. I'd always make friends with people who enjoyed gaming as much as I did. And that's kind of how Matt and I even know each other in the first place. Um, but even with a game that's essentially a single player game like Pokemon, my friends and I would always gather up, play around each other and talk about how our games are going. Um, I remember there was this one time I, I had a friend in class who just could not catch some legendary Pokemon. Uh, and we were talking about it in class. I was like, oh, I got you. Uh, I asked to be excused. Um, I came back five minutes later, <laughs> caught it for him. <laughs> so you could say I had some street cred back in the day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> and uh, But going back to my main point, gaming has always been more of a social interaction and social device for me. 
So whether it be the local co-op days from the N64, playing Super Smash Bros and GoldenEye, uh, to playing games nowadays like Rocket League and Dead by Daylight or Forza Horizon, um, with friends that I haven't seen in months or years who live potentially across the country, um, that's what I love about gaming is all the different multiplayer interactions that you can get out of it. And I love, I'm overly competitive about everything as well. So that's another reason why I love online games as well. Um, but I really do think that gaming is a great way to connect with other people. And that's kind of how I've always approached it in my life. Um, I also think that's kind of what made Pokemon Go so awesome is I feel like it kind of brought everyone together and made people realize that everyone's kind of a gamer, even if you don't really consider yourself as one. That was probably one of the best gaming experiences that I've had in my life, is seeing 200 people <laughs> run sprint across a field when someone says that they found a Dragonite. <laughs> Incredible. It was so good. So good. Did Alex, Tiffany, did you all ever play Pokemon Go? So um, when it well, well, when it came out, I was I was definitely like working in the hospital at the time, and not gonna lie, my phone had really bad battery, so mm. just oh, no. didn't like when I tried to like get away with trying to find because like I think um our hospital had Pokestops like around it. I couldn't get signal in the hospital for like my brief breaks or whatever to capture anything. And also I live in a very hilly mountainous apartment complex and it just go like going outside <laughs> this makes me sound like such a shut in, but it was just very challenging to find any Pokemon <laughs> around where I lived. And then like the idea of like driving to a park to then try to catch them was like I probably played it for two weeks. Oh, yeah, wow. I think I think Matt and I were lucky because we lived in downtown Richmond at the time and it was so easy to just walk outside and go find Pokemon that way. <laughs> we didn't have to drive anywhere or anything like that. There was yeah. something like so magical about that time because it's probably Honestly, through four years of pharmacy school and four years of undergrad, it's probably the best college experience <laughs> because, like, it sounds so lame. But honestly, it was like, you're going to class, and then I, like, text Joss, and I'm like, yo, Brown Islands? You want to get dinner and then go, go to Brown Island? We would walk, like, 10, 15 minutes along the canal and get a bunch of water Pokemon, and then we'd get to Brown Island. And literally, there were hundreds of people there just catching Pokemon. There were like multiple Pokemon stops around the same park. There was a guy that brought a small TV and was actually playing Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Remember that, Yasser? He was like yeah. some dude. He was always there. I don't know if he had a job or anything, but he was always there, always playing Super Smash Brothers. And we just caught so many Pokemon. And it was like me, Yasser, and my roommate. And we just walked around and just hung out. And it was so good. And let's not forget that we also played pokemon go while in class yes <laughs> literally like spitting and catching pokemon while we're in lecture <laughs> and then when we see a dragonite like across the street <laughs> at one point i went i would go and i would have like five people's phones with me because they all wanted me to catch their dragonite <laughs> oh my <laughs> god it's, it's your turn today yasser go go yeah, take exactly. the bathroom like, we break would, we would literally do that yeah it was so good there's a lot of food poisoning that happened in those months 
You know, a lot of people just had to go to the bathroom right then and there yeah, yeah. at that oh very moment because they had oh to go God. within five minutes. <laughs> um, it was actually so one other funny story. Um, so, like, if you guys remember Pokemon Go, it's been a long time um, since I played it, but you could catch uh, Pokemon gems and like put like strong Pokemon to try to keep mm-hmm. other teams from taking them. And <laughs> one of one of the Pokemon gems had our professor in it like we oh knew he was yes. he was well known he was well known as bbt and it was like some pokemon trainer that was something something bbt and when we approached him with it he was totally totally playing pokemon go and he was like proud about it and then like that moment is kind of like what yasu was saying like that moment when you realize we're all just like a bunch of gamers like when you when you make gaming as accessible as pokemon go there's like no stigma. It's just like everyone just having fun, just being a community. And it was amazing. That sounds like that sounds really great. And I actually kind of I am kind of bummed that I didn't get to experience it while I was in college because I do imagine it would have consumed my life. Alex, did you end up playing it? So I'm on the other side of the camp where I've never installed it. And for, oh, no. wow. for me, looking at Pokemon Go, and I appreciate, like, you know, seeing the effects, right, and, like, people are still playing it today, right? I think they just added, like, the third-gen Pokemon or something. Like, yeah, I, think it's be- I think it's beyond that, because I actually still have a friend around here that that's too. playing it. Oh, okay, yeah. So they're still adding in. I can appreciate that, right? What, they're, like, 800-plus Pokemon now, like, wow. and just the act of going out and, like, catching all these things and, like, seeing them in the wild and thinking... To me, I, I, I saw Pokemon Go and I was like, I guess if Pokemon first came into existence, like in 2013 like or 14, whenever it came out, that this is what it would have originally have been. Like this was always that dream. But for me and like playing, you know, having played every generation, like I've played one of the games from every generation, it's, I guess it didn't capture my love of Pokemon in the traditional way that the, the core games did. And so for me, the gimmick of like going someplace wasn't really that game changing for me to want to do it. So yeah, I just, I just never saw it. I, I understand it's impact. You know, it's same thing with Zelda. Like I see how great these things are, but they're just not like my cup of tea. You know, it's like, I, I don't mind kind of sitting in one place and, you know, either playing it on a handheld or playing it on a 4K television. Like, that's kind of my preferred way to game. So. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. It's a very different experience than the original Pokemon game. So I get that. Yeah, and I think um, when Yasser was talking about how he views gaming as a very big multiplayer experience, I don't think I really got into the whole multiplayer aspect of it other than like local co-op with alex um until probably like technically league of legends or the playstation 4 because you know growing up to be honest until high school i didn't really meet that many other gamers or i guess it wasn't something that i kind of vocally talked about when i was in elementary school and middle school uh especially oh i guess other than game boy color that's Never mind, because like obviously, like everyone was into Pokemon, so people knew. Like, if you had a Game Boy Color, you know, we a lot of us were like trying to trade Pokemon and stuff. But you got got that link cable on you, yeah, (laughs) yeah, basically. Um, and because in terms of like home consoles, I didn't really like talk or you know talk about that stuff that much. I guess until like um I got a little bit older and then started meeting like other people who actually did play video games. You know, I had a friend in high school that I'm still very good friends with now. She lent us so many though the friend that I mentioned who gave me the Game Boy Advance, she 
lent us so many games uh, for the PS2 or just in general. Uh, for example, she's she lent us Final Fantasy VII, and Alex played it, and I did not. <laughs> uh, she was like, "You should play this." I was like, "Okay." And then honestly, I didn't I didn't play it. I, it was four discs. I think I mm -hmm. saw Alex start it up and play, and then the graphics were just not Kingdom Hearts. And so I just couldn't, you know, obviously it's a PlayStation 1 game. So since the graphics weren't a little bit better, I just didn't. I was like, oh, I don't know. So like I didn't play and we ended she up. She wasn't Alex a fan of the dumbbell arms. No, I was not. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, obviously a lot of, co I love playing Mario Party uh, with mm -hmm. Alex and like a lot of other. Um, co now I'm all about like doing co-op and stuff. I love it so much. <laughs> so Alex, what are you playing? Uh, so my main two games right now are the, the newest season of Apex Legends. So season six just launched. Uh, they just added a new legend called Rampart. She is of Indian descent and her, her main gameplay gimmick is she can set up uh, destructible cover and her ultimate ability is she can lay down a uh, manual turret that you can mount up and then shoot through said cover. And overall, yeah, I've been, I've been, I played Apex Legends when it came out last year and I, I fell off. Uh, I picked it back up in the fall of last year and been playing it since then. And I think Apex Legends really is my preferred battle royale. Uh, I think the, the shooting feel, the, the shooting and moving feel of that game is kind of unparalleled uh, for me in terms of battle royales, in terms of how smooth it is and just like how interesting and you know how the characters are all kind of you know they all have unique abilities and so there's different gameplay styles to kind of suit uh, what you prefer and so i've been playing that you know hot on it every every night you know a few matches been dropping out of the drop ship um so and... what oh, yeah. so i haven't played that game since like season two what's the is the core gameplay fairly similar to where it was before yeah, well, so what's so in addition to the new legend they added, they added crafting now to the game. So when you open the supply bins for loot, you get yeah. a small amount of crafting material, and there are uh, crafting material canisters scattered throughout the map. And what they do is now every week and every day, there's certain loot that you can only get through the crafting. So they actually remove it from uh, ground or bin spawning. So it kind of creates this interesting thing of, oh, you look at, you know, in-game it tells you, right, when you drop to say, these are the items that are only available through crafting for the day and for the week. And it kind of mm -hmm. lets you know, it's like, oh, my favorite weapon, like in this case, you know, I really like the R301, which is the light ammo uh, assault rifle. Oh, today it's only available through crafting, so I won't be able to find that on the ground. So it kind of does mix it up to say, oh, in this case, when certain weapons or attachments are only available in that crafting menu, it then, you know, kind of influences, well, I have to drop somewhere where one of those crafting benches are in order to even get this. So it does kind of influence how people move about the map. Um, it is still the same map that they introduced, I think it was back in season three. The that, World's Edge. Second map. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the second map. Um, they did tease at the end of last season that there was going to be a third map coming out, but it's people thought it was going to be coming out this season, but seems to be coming out next season. So hopefully around you know November, Christmas time, we might get the thir a third new map in rotation. So I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the, besides the crafting, the gameplay is still most of the same. 
uh, they do the thing of like swapping weapons in and out of like care packages. So mm-hmm. currently, right now, the R99 submachine gun is actually only in the care package. It's not a ground weapon anymore. Um, so yeah, there's interesting things like that where they're changing how the loot spawns. But I, I think the what what makes it so inviting to come back to is like even if you picked it up picked it up today, besides the the legends, I think you could just you know they they pretty much play the same except for Pathfinder. They completely nerfed Pathfinder, so if you liked him, he's not that great anymore. Wait, which one was Pathfinder again? Uh, he was the robot with the oh, grappling hook. Yes, that was my favorite one. Yeah, so they <laughs> massively increased the cooldown of his grappling hook, so oh, he can't man. grapple as often as he used to. And a lot of people are asking for buffs, and so he might get some sort of revision on the nerfs they gave him, but we'll see. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Playing Apex Legends, and I guess the other game is Fall Guys, as Tiffany mentioned before. Uh, you know, everyone's on that Fall Guy train. Um, I'm on it too. I mean, I'll, I don't play it as much as I did in the first couple of weeks, but definitely I see it as a game that I can easily come back to, you know, at least a few times a week. Just, you know, get a few matches in right short 10 minute rounds. It's just, you know, good old pure fun. But yeah, those are kind of my two go tos, and, you know, smattering of. I'm also hopeful to try and get into uh, Red Dead 2 at some point, so maybe we can have an episode later down the line of our thoughts on how Red Dead 2 is. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Matt, what are you playing right now? Um, so, uh, fun fact, though, actually, talking about you know Battle Royale, I've actually never even downloaded a game. Like, even like PUBG is on uh, Xbox Game Pass and, and you know, uh Fortnite and, yeah all those like <laughs> I've actually never even downloaded it. I don't I don't know what it is. Nothing's really been inviting. Fall Guys though, if Fall Guys was on Xbox or Switch, I would totally download it. Um but yeah, I this whole the whole Apex things, I haven't heard haven't heard that name in years. Like I I didn't know many people were still playing, but that's awesome. Um so <laughs> the game is barely a year old. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. That's like ten years here. This is like interstellar time. Um, oh my gosh! Um, Pre-COVID. You're like, wait a Pre-COVID. second. Animal Crossing came out this year. What? I know. I know. This is the longest and shortest year of our entire lives. Um, so I actually just finished off Paper Mario on the Origami King. Um, so enjoyed that. Didn't enjoy it enough to 100 percent it but I'm like 99% done, um, like all the collectibles and everything. Um, but I'm actually going back and kind of my goal before the next generation is to kind of clean up my achievement list. So I want to finish up Kingdom Hearts 1. So I'm finishing up my speed run. So I'm on the last world and i um, been doing that some uh, this past weekend, but might go back and play Dark Souls 3 again uh, because... I actually have you guys heard about um, it's like Mortal Shell or something similar uh, to yes. that. Yeah, Mortal Shell. Yes. Yeah, I have heard of that. I've been debating grabbing that because it looks very, very Souls-like, and everybody who likes Souls games loves that game, um, or at least appreciates it, um, since it's going to be a while before our next Souls adventure. Um, Elden so Ring might- is vaporware. <laughs> no. Um so I might I might pick that up, but just been playing some oldies but goodies. But Kingdom Hearts, man, that that game, that whole series is just amazing. Um played so much of it on the PlayStation 2. Uh so 
just crafted the Ultima weapon for, I guess, the second time in my life, which is like probably two times more than it should have been, but uh, still kind of worth it for the achievement score. But um, yeah, just small, small little first player, are, um, one player only. So not many multiplayer games right now, except when Yasser and my old roommate, we play uh, State of Decay 2. It's been a lot of fun, which uh, we just don't play as much since, you know, three different uh, schedules which I feel like that's kind of the hardest part of gaming multiplayer wise for me is because our schedules are sometimes a little bit all over the place. So it's hard to schedule things. Um, but really have loved State of Decay too. It's so much fun. And it's especially difficult when your friends are super flaky. So just keep that in mind. Dang. <laughs> wow. Why would you talk about Gerald that way? <laughs> it's obviously not me. <laughs> But question for you guys, how do you guys feel like Kingdom Hearts has held up? Because I've always wondered about getting into Kingdom Hearts. The entire series is playable on Game Pass, so I have them available to me. But I have not been able to convince myself to play an old game that might not be that great without the nostalgia factor. Do you right. appreciate stories that don't make sense? No, I'll be the person that <laughs> has I've also heard that. Up. That I'll be the person that hasn't propped up Kingdom Hearts like the other two have. Right. If okay, you if great. you like any remote level of I guess Japanese RPG type storytelling, haven't played any of them. Okay, so <laughs> do you like Disney? Remotely. Remotely. I like then I think it'll be difficult because I feel like the series really entrenches itself to kind of give you the opportunity in a playable format to like interact with these Disney worlds. And if you're not too big on Disney, then I mean, Lion King does appear in Kingdom Hearts too, so it it is a world that you can go do in Kingdom Hearts too. Um, but if you're not really big into Disney, I couldn't honestly tell someone to go play the games because it really just kind of lives on that nostalgia factor for the most part. Um, I mean, the games look beautiful. I mean, especially Kingdom Hearts three, like visually, they do a very good job in kind of reproducing these things, right? Like you probably seen like even frozen, they were, mm -hmm. they reproduced, let it go in the game. I don't know why. I mean, you probably know why <laughs> it's, it's obvious why, but like something like that, it's like the, these are really kind of ways to let you enjoy the Disney properties again in an interactable way. But besides that, I, it's, it's very hard to explain why you should. My friend is in this in a very similar situation and he was telling me how the earlier games are fairly clunky as far as their like platformer controls as well i i will say that it's completely by nostalgia that i really enjoy these now especially the, the early titles so like kingdom hearts one i completely agree like the platforming and like how it grabs isn't super clean especially since i played kingdom hearts 3 which they've refined it so much and like the combat's so much more fun than kingdom hearts one and like builds a bunch of layers onto it but for me like i i grew up i did play you know a lot of final fantasy uh growing up and then i also loved disney as a kid and so it like married those and so it's like a perfect game for me as a kid and so now i have that on me but if you're not like strong on either of those it's probably i would just focus on red dead because you only have two weeks so. <laughs> fair enough fair enough. yeah i mean i think the honestly the first draw that when i saw it honest like it was literally a trailer on the disney channel showing me disney, disney characters <laughs> yeah. and 
Japanese anime looking kid and simple and clean Utada Hikaru comes on and I'm just like, what is this magic I needed in my life? So it was a magic. It was a Disney magic, you know, a lot of nostalgia there. And (laughs) I, I, I still, I love the series. I mean, granted Kingdom Hearts three was great in some ways and like disappointing in others, but that can be probably a whole nother discussion. Um, Yasser, what are you playing right now? So I'll start off by saying I am a pretty big battle Royale guy. Um, I started off. Playing PUBG. Well, I tried PUBG. I didn't really play it. Uh, I couldn't get into it because it was so clunky. Um, it really just was not ready for prime time, in my opinion. It was very similar to DayZ. Uh, really cutting edge as far as like starting Battle Royale, but you really start to see more polished experiences once Fortnite came through. And Fortnite was a game that I got into quite a bit of. Um, and I played up until maybe uh, like three months ago. So. I had oh, played wow. quite a bit of Fortnite, yeah. Okay, so and I it's played not something Fortnite that too. I also don't think it was something that I would openly say to some people, too, because I feel like there's a lot of bad rep with playing Fortnite. Like, ah, oh, just kids play it, but... Do you it, dance? <laughs> it's like the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> my, but honestly, it's such a polished game. Go ahead, Alex. Oh, yeah, my question is, so I played Fortnite up to Season 10, of yes. of um of I guess That's chapter probably one. the last one that I really like committed to. I agree. Right. So and I I haven't I haven't played any of chapter two. How do you You're feel? Not okay, because I was like, <laughs> it seemed like right. They added the swimming. I think was the first big thing that like there's water the and you time. can like yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, so they added more kind of water mechanics to it rather than just like you're slow in water. But mm-hmm. I was wondering, is that like, was that a meaningful change? Did that make the game any like better? Not to say I didn't think the game was not great anymore, but I guess I took the approach with Battle Royals where I like want to focus on one at a time. And obviously, mm-hmm. like when I stopped playing Fortnite at season ten, and I sw- that's when I swapped back to Apex, and that was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I I really like how Apex feels, so I just wanted to commit right. to that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, and. I don't feel like it added enough to the game where it was worth adding it in the first place. I didn't really care for it, the whole swimming aspect and the fishing aspect. Um, The thing about Fortnite, though, that was so revolutionary, in my opinion, is how it was more of a service rather than just, okay, this is the game. Um, This is what everyone loves. We're going to keep it like this. We're not going to change anything up. This was much more of a service that was evolving over time. The map would change every couple of weeks. You would have these events that come up on a regular basis. Tournaments come up where you can participate for free. It completely changed esports. And it really changed the way that games um, are defined today, I feel. Because you don't really see that many games that are requiring full purchase DLCs unless you're really looking at a single player um, experience, right? Um, a lot of multiplayer games now, they're trying to keep their community together. So they're trying to keep all the expansions and all the additions they add to their multiplayer um, free for everyone to access. And I feel like Fortnite was one of the trailblazers for uh, this kind of concept for a video game. And I think it was easily the most polished, first polished Battle Royale that we ever had. and. I think, again, it kind of brought in that community aspect to gaming as well. 
everyone knew what Fortnite was. Everyone played it at least once, or at least most people, not everyone. Um, but I just love that aspect of it. And it brought back friends that I hadn't gamed with in years, and they would play Fortnite. We would squad up and <laughs> play way into the night like we used to, playing Halo 3. Um, so that's what I really loved about Fortnite. And I think the other side of that coin, though, is what does that mean for developers? I know they must have been burned out that first year or two that they were out because you could see the, the updates getting slower and slower after that. Um, first wave and I don't know how long you can really keep that up um, considering if you only have so much manpower in a game developer um, but the fact that they kept it fresh on a regular basis is something that I think really revolutionized this generation of gaming what do you guys think about that yeah, yeah. like I, I think about kind of Overwatch in the same kind of vain as Fortnite because I feel like when Overwatch was really new, like they had all these development updates, like mm -hmm. on almost like a monthly basis. And I got really into Overwatch, really into Overwatch. Um, it's probably the last multiplayer game that I got really into. Um, I kind of got burnt out from it after a while, but um, yeah, like some of those first updates, like every, the whole community was just so thirsty for anything that they were willing to give them. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think Fortnite is like, if you really talk about like this generation, what's what game has brought the most to gaming as a whole, like Fortnite has to be in that conversation. Like even me as someone who's never downloaded and it's free, like never downloaded the game. I know how much of an impact it's done because like, like who's Ninja? Like no one would know anything about Ninja except through Fortnite because he made that his career really um and i know he's like dabbling in other things but like you start seeing like professional sports like them squatting up on Fortnite and like taking to twitter and like talking trash to other like basketball players or whatever like that's awesome right you know that's that's really cool yeah it really exploded twitch as a legitimate platform that everyone is kind of aware of when you have ninja having 1 million consecutive viewers all at once. That's insane. When you have a huge celebrity like Drake on, on a video game and people are making news articles out of that, I feel like that's one of those gaming moments that kind of push, pushes gaming forward or push gaming forward this generation. Yeah, I uh, think... No, you, Alex, go ahead. Okay. I was, I kind of had two things. Like, yeah, in terms of when you talk about monetization before and kind of how they make content available to players, like, yeah, right. Like, Fortnite popularized the Battle Pass system and kind of, you know, paying that. Yep. Here's a kind of more modest fee that, you know, it still requires you to put effort and, you know, play the game, but it's a more kind of, fair way of giving players these kind of optional cosmetic items or just items in general to help you enjoy the game more without kind of really giving any sort of like advantage right no pay to win kind of scenario and so it definitely has kind of even shifted things like call of duty right where they were still charging map packs for a while and only until recently they've now finally kind of made it no map packs are free but we are going to include this battle pass system to do the monetization that way. So in terms of like gameplay wise, they are kind of, they did help kind of enable that 
across all platforms, even something as big as Call of Duty, to say, mm -hmm. we want everyone to enjoy the gameplay content. And if you want this, you know, outfit, right, then you can pay for that. And that kind of being the differentiating factor kind of makes, you know, gaming as a whole better. Um, and I'd say, on the other hand, though, I'm I'm kind of concerned because, you know, they, they do a lot of crossovers, right? Like, as you talk about, like, things like Drink, things like Marshmallow, right? He's performed within Marvel. Fortnite. Um, yeah. And it's that thing that, you know, they've done Marvel crossovers, right? I mean, there's apparently teases that I think the next season's going to be completely Marvel integrated or like mm -hmm. it's a complete Marvel themed season. And they've done things like what Star Wars, um, yep. they, they did DC. stuff for uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. DC yep. Batman's in the game. They even had like yep. what a POI at some point was like <laughs> Gotham City was yep. in the game. And it's it's really fun, right? Because it's these cool kind of integrations to say, oh, you know, this is obviously a promotion for something else, but we're gonna like, you know, it's it's creative advertising in that way, right? To be like, hey, listen, you know, you really like Infinity War, you really like Endgame. Well, here's a Thanos mode where literally you get the Infinity Gauntlet and you become <laughs> Thanos, and you can right. laser people to death with the glove and like punch them and use like the powers of the stones. Like that's really cool, <laughs> right? But on the flip side, I'm like, oh, this is super cool, right? And obviously Fortnite's one of those platforms, like it's basically a platform, right, that has enabled this to happen. But then it also makes you want, like, I kind of want, like, a Thanos game or, like, I want, like, you know, a Star Wars game. Like, it's, you're mm -hmm. giving me these ads in this game way and it's really fun. And I'm like, but that just makes me want, can I get a game dedicated to this? And I know they've done that, right? Like now we're finally getting the Avengers game, you know, from Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix. And right, there's Spider-Man by um, Insomniac on PS4. And then, right, they're still coming out, you know, recently announced that the DC fandom, we're getting another Gotham game and Suicide Squad game. And so we're, we are getting these games, but it feels like, we're kind of getting these like are they using it to test the waters then is that what these kind of integrations are that that's what it feels like to me it's kind of like it's it's still fun like i still find it fun but it's kind of like shady marketing to see like what is public feedback about if we did this like in this way like could we do something in the future yeah i mean i get where you're coming from but i wouldn't really consider that a knock on fortnite um, it's a great way to integrate characters that we love into a game that you're already playing or even if you're not playing, it's giving you a reason to play because you love these characters and you want to be able to um, see some sort of integration into your game. I don't think I've seen a game that has integrated so many different characteristics from other properties as I've seen in Fortnite. And like, I even have a John Wick skin. Like, that's insane. <laughs> like, what game has been able to pull in so many different properties and kind of coordinate it in a cool, unique way to add to the gameplay that they're already um, they, they're already achieving in Fortnite um, as itself. But I don't ever I never thought of it the way that you're explaining it, where you're you're almost saying that it's taking away from the games that could be developed. But I don't see how that's the case. Like you're not taking away resources from a developer to make a star wars game if well, anything you're getting more popularity towards the the star wars ip so that you get more hype for when the star wars game comes out like for example when uh the what was the most recent star wars game was it new order or something 
Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, Fallen Order, right. Uh, when that came out, they released a skin uh, that you could get for free if you bought the Fallen Order game. You would get the um, the Snow Trooper as a Fortnite skin. So that's awesome. <laughs> right. I guess my concern was that I felt like maybe the people that own the IP, right, they're the ones making the deals and, you know, these aren't necessarily like devs or something, but I feel like they're using, I guess, Fortnite as kind of like it, like a test for engagement to be like, oh, how do people receive this IP in Fortnite? And if we do mm-hmm. get a lot of positive reception, then maybe there is a thirst for doing like something more with the IP. Like, I'm not saying it degrades yeah. from Fortnite, but I'm just kind of concerned to be like, I mean, I feel like people are pretty vocal. Like we've always wanted like good superhero games, right? Or good, you know, uh, like any games, right? Or like even Star Wars games even, right? In these two specific scenarios. But Mm. not to say that they were because of the Fortnite advertising. It just feels like they're kind of using that as a like litmus test to say, is this like how will the public perceive like, you know, this IP in a game way. And if it's positive, yeah. then we'll green light, you know, making this or doing that. Not, and, you know, obviously right. I have no hard evidence. I'm just like, you know, as a concerned citizen, I, I, I <laughs> want these games to come out and write, obviously not impact each other and just be like, we're doing a fallen order game. You know, it came out, it was great. I played it recently. Um, I loved it. Um, you know, it's kind of take on the, you know, I guess souls like type combat, right. With the checkpoints and experience and stuff like it was fun and mm-hmm. I hope to see more of it in the future. And it's, and I guess it's an interesting thing, right? Like what the, the first trailer for Tenet, right. Was premiered in Fortnite, I think. <laughs> it, yeah. That, like they, they did, like, yeah. yeah. They, they screened that in the game, but I guess it's also a weird thing of like you, no, bringing up to the what else has done a crossover. I mean, I beg to differ, but you know, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is quite the crossover. D- obviously, that's limited to video games, but I'd say it's also kind of celebration of gaming history, at least, and not just like entertainment in general. That's, that's done fair. a lot to kind of bring things together and kind of expose it to the public. So. I think I think that's fair. And just as a last point on Fortnite, I don't know why I'm talking about Fortnite for so long, <laughs> but it's I'll also the game. For it. <laughs> but it's also the game that brought crossplay, and I don't think that that would have happened nearly as fast without Fortnite. And I don't, I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Now that it's been introduced this generation, and I would be really disappointed if we don't see crossplay very early in next gen because I'm not hearing about it. That much and i don't understand why but it's the also the game that brought us crossplay which i love true and i think we're not hearing about it because you know it's the classic marketing of even if like there will be crossplay from day one they still want you to buy their platform instead of the competitors sure. so i don't think crossplay is going to help you buy that one over the other because if they both do it then it's like okay that didn't change my decision i still want to know what's like beneficial to ps5 or series x or even stadia you know (laughs) no yeah i totally get that from the um from the xbox or playstation perspective but video game developers should be advertising this ea sports should be advertising this when they're advertising their madden game Um, all these developers should be advertising it as a capability of their games when they are brought up to next gen it shouldn't be playstation or xbox because obviously that's going to hurt them not help them but third-party games have no excuse at this point 
as to why they're not introducing crossplay. Because cross saves too would be too. something yes. cool. Like Fallout guys, you can't save right between PlayStation and Fallout guys. You mean yeah. Fall guys? <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. Fallout, Fallout boys got an upgrade. Fallout boys. They're Fallout now boys. Fallout guys. Yeah, they've graduated. <laughs> they've matured. <laughs> yeah. Sugar, we're going down yeah. swinging into Kurt. pink jelly or whatever it is. I'm, um, but currently there is no cross play or cross save with Fall Guys, which is only available on PC and PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, that to me is like so strange. Like, why is a third party like Yasser saying, and why there's no cross save between PlayStation and PC? Like, that does kind of boggle my minds. And I, think- I know there's a lot of rumors coming even this week of Fall Guys coming to Nintendo Switch. And it's like if Nintendo Switch doesn't have cross play with other people, like it's not going to be free for Nintendo Switch. And so you're not going to have as much install base as PlayStation 5 where it was free for a whole month. Mm-hmm. It's like that would be crazy of them, which I don't know if it'll happen because um, everyone's got to play nice. But that that would really hurt a third party is not having that install base from day one that you've built because PlayStation gave it away for free. Um, so I completely agree with the author. I think, I don't know why it's not marketed more. And I'm sure there's so many details that we don't see in the consumer base, but it's for a small company that would be game changing. Yeah, I think specifically for fall of, uh, guys they're a smaller developer and so i think it might be down the pipeline not entirely sure about crossplay and oh, cross save oh actually i think cro- they did mention that crossplay is a thing mm-hmm. but they yeah they just wanted to get the game out the door i guess you know they did con- they constantly mentioned that they had a very short dev cycle so i think they just wanted to get on the momentum of you know being a ps plus game and maybe getting out on the ps4 and preparations t- for potentially a PlayStation 5 base maybe but i also Whoa. like a great cross play and cross save <laughs> i'm going to talk about what games that i've been playing and then probably wrap up because we've been going on for a long time um okay, we go on to a groove you know natural conversation this, this is what the listeners want to hear right <laughs> um i also don't know that they want to hear a an an hour and a half podcast, but I guess we'll see. We'll get some feedback. Well, you tell um, us. You tell us, Michelle. You tell us. I just want to say one more thing with the crossplay. At least for <laughs> no. at least for Fallout guys. No. At least for Fallout guys. Let the man speak. Fall, it's Fall Guys. <laughs> it's not Fallout guys. <laughs> at least I'm rebranding it. Fallout guys. <laughs> the most bold crossover ever. <laughs> at least right now, the, the hackers are ramping on the PC version. So by oh. the virtue of there not being crossplay when you play on console right now, you're at least safe from having to deal with hackers. Um, yeah, I've been playing Fall Guys on console, so luckily I haven't seen any hackers. I've been, you know, checking in every day because I also like looking at the rotating store and seeing what outfits my little dude can wear while I'm trying to wade through a pile of beans for gate crashers or any of the mini games. Um, it's really fun. I really like it. I also think it's interesting that it's only lets you queue up with four people right now. Uh, I know that later down the line they're talking about maybe private private um matches or something but i mean obviously i don't know i don't really have 60 friends that could 
all play in this one game but i think it'd be nice for Rookie. twitch streamers or whatever <laughs> yeah uh i actually have also gotten back into beat saber i have a playstation vr and i very much pretty much bought a playstation vr because of beat saber mm -hmm. and last week they came out with a lincoln park pack music pack what so, yes so much nostalgia <laughs> yeah it's so fun they even made a custom map in the game so it looks like you're like playing in this tunnel that has like lp at the front and like lincoln park is just you know written across the walls and That's it just cool. feels super like intense because it's like gray background and you just feel like you're <laughs> living back in the 90s <laughs> uh, but i i really like it i like uh, a lot of the songs that they've come out with i've bought basically every like they have every music pack almost except for the monster cat pack i think but i bought you know panic at the disco lincoln park green day i think i'm missing one oh timbaland came out with like original <laughs> tracks it's like listen you know first alex didn't know who timberland was timbaland um, timbaland but i mean after i named some of the songs that he released way back when like alex was like oh wait i do know him and i was like yeah you do you, i guess you just didn't What's know that to, to be fair i just want to say i know i like songs i don't really like artists so that's why i don't really pay attention to artists but just saying i don't think i can name my favorite also i'm really terrible at like song names so i don't know that i could name my favorite timbaland song just go I ahead do and sing it no, thank you. No one wants to hear that. I do have to say, though, that the original tracks that he came out with for Beat Saber are so good. I'm constantly... Is on there? No, it's original oh, songs. My yeah, promiscuous. Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty good song. <laughs> <laughs> the um, Yeah, it's original songs. It's complete, like, he, like, he wrote them for the Beat Saber game, and he didn't sing in any uh, of them, actually. The, he, they're, like, they're sung by other artists that I'm not very familiar with. But that's also kind of how I've been trying to do some physical like fitness in <laughs> quarantine, I guess, um, playing some Beat Saber. And the other game that I've been playing, I actually just bought yesterday. I bought Spiritfarer that was shown off in the indie world uh, announcement. Yes. It is free on Game Pass. I recommend you check it out. Well, maybe, I don't know if Yasser would enjoy it because it's very, like, sim-oriented. So you are a, uh, basically, you help spirits go to the afterlife. So you meet up with these spirits, you bring them on your boat, and you do a couple tasks to help them, I, I guess, cross over. Like you do some last wishes kind of stuff and then you build up your boat with certain rooms like you can build a kitchen because like spirits get hungry so you need to collect some food ingredients to feed them. You have a garden and a field and you can grow grains and items to harvest and cook in your kitchen and you know there's all these different recipes that you can make. And I very much enjoy the art style and the music is very calming and relaxing. Mm -hmm. And I really like building your boat and like moving your rooms everywhere. You can make it look however you want in the sense of the rooms can be in any order. You can't really, there's a very set space that you build 
put the rooms on your boat, but I still think it's fine for like an indie game. Before I really like it, I'm I'm prepared for it to make me very emotional, I guess. I don't know. Like I haven't gotten a, too attached to any of the spirits yet because I've only played for a couple hours, but I don't know if I'm ready to or ready for them to pass, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, though, that sounds more appealing to me than Kingdom Hearts. So maybe I just make the switch. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I re- I'm very into base building. I'm not going to lie. That's one of the aspects I'm pretty in- interested in for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. But I think the spirit fair is very sweet. And your character has a little cat friend that you could play couch co-op with. Uh, your second player would play the cat. I don't really know how that works. But I think that's pretty interesting. It's like a Sonic and Tails kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. So, so you gotta every our listeners, however many we have at this point, uh, have heard a bunch of our stories and backgrounds, and you got to hear what kind of gamers we are. So I hope you continue to listen. And actually, just wanted to end the show with uh, why we titled our podcast "Recommended Experience." It's because you know we wanted to talk about what kind of games and media that we're into, especially since this is a a hobby of ours in terms of, you know, creating this podcast. So, you know, in terms of all th- all four of us have full-time jobs. So we wanted to talk about what potentially we could recommend as an experience for other people, other listeners. So thanks for listening. If you want to write in, we do have an email you can send questions to. It's rxp.podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us at Twitter at rxp underscore podcast. Hi, everybody. Bye. Bye.